0: Love Talk Radio.
1: For the next two hours, we will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at and You can send messages to the show on Twitter at again. You also can send messages to the show at, At our chat room here at blogtalkradio.com. We can chat it up, talk some sports, have some fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by actor and one of the stars of TBS's Who Gets the Last Laugh, Donald Faison. And Donald's going to talk about that great show and also talk about his New York Knicks as they prepare to face the Boston Celtics tomorrow. Uh, And that's going to be a great series, an interesting series, actually. Also, we're going to be joined by... Uh, McKinley Freeman actor, and he's going to talk about his great show coming up on VH1 starting Memorial Day weekend, so that should be uh, a lot of fun for him. Hit the Floor is the show, and it will air on VH1. Hit the Floor, McKinley Freeman. We're going to have McKinley Freeman on the show as well. And also we're going to be joined by Drew Alleman, kicker for LSU, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft. The NFL draft is next week, so it should be very, very exciting Uh, for him as he prepares for the draft, and we'll see what happens with Drew. And also, our TV insider, Brian Sheriff, will be joining us. He's going to tell us what to watch this weekend in the world of sports, and there is a lot to watch this weekend in the world of sports. And one of those things to watch this weekend in the world of sports is the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs get started tomorrow, Saturday. I mean, if, if you don't have anything to do tomorrow, and you're an NBA junkie like myself, tomorrow's a beautiful day. You can just sit in front of that TV and just never move, starting at 3 o'clock and all the way to the nighttime. I mean, you, you don't have to move one inch starting at 3 and going all the way to about 1 o'clock Eastern time. So you could you could theoretically sit on your couch from 3 o'clock to 1 o'clock at night watching Celtics-Knicks at 3 Warriors and Nuggets at 5.30, Bulls and Nets at 8.30, I mean, 8 o'clock, excuse me, and Grizzly Clippers at 10.30. I mean, you wouldn't even have to move. Wouldn't not even have to move. And, you know, this it's going to be an exciting playoff, especially more so, I think, in the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference. But the Eastern Conference is going to be interesting from this standpoint. The New York Knicks, to me, I look at that team, they have the best, Opportunity, in my opinion, to beat the Miami Heat. The size, if Chandler is healthy, if Kenyon Martin is healthy, I mean, if you look at the Knicks, they've had some success success against the Miami Heat during the regular season. Granted, it's the regular season, in the regular season, is a whole different animal. I mean, excuse me, the playoffs are a whole different animal than the regular season. But the Knicks did have some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season. Now. Do I think that success is going to get the Knicks over the top against the Miami Heat? No, I don't think so. But I think the Knicks could give the Miami Heat a competitive series. I don't think they can beat the Heat, but, again, I think they can give them a competitive series. And the three, the, well, but there's about four teams in the Eastern Conference that I believe could give the uh, Miami Heat a series, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Celtics. I said four is actually three. Actually, I, I I lied. The Bulls. And only the Bulls if Derrick Rose can come back healthy. If Derrick Rose can come back and he is the Derrick Rose of old, and if he comes back Adrian Peterson-like. Adrian Peterson, we all know, who had the ACL injury and just came back like a, a, a whole different dominant force. I mean, he seemed like he was better than he was initially before the injury. If he can come back Adrian Peterson-like, the Bulls can give the Heat a series. You know, one issue that you you are a little alarmed by is Joe Kim Noah and his health. You don't know what his health is going to be like. You're going to need a healthy Joe Kim Noah if you want to beat the Miami Heat. You're going to need a healthy Joe Kim Noah if you want to beat the Miami Heat. And you're going to need a healthy Derek Rose, as well, if you want to beat the Miami Heat. Well, those things may not be possible. But you know what? If those things if those things do come to pass, if Joe Kim Noah is 100%, if Derek Rose is the Derek Rose of all, even better if he comes back, Adrian Peterson like, the Bulls could give the Miami Heat some trouble. But again, those four teams Knicks, Celtics, Pacers, and the Bulls. If Derrick Rose is healthy. Those are the four teams that can give the Miami Heat a series. Not beat the Miami Heat, because I don't think any of those teams are capable of beating the Miami Heat. But I do think they are capable of giving the Miami Heat a series. And that's all you really can ask for. I mean, I mean that's all you really can ask for. is just an exciting NBA playoff, because I think this is the Heat. This is the. It's, it's similar to, to Louisville coming into the NCAA tournament. A lot of people had Louisville as their pick, and I think it's, it's the same situation here with the Miami Heat. Obviously, it's going to be a little harder for the Heat because they've got to win 16 games instead of six games. I mean, so it's obviously going to be a little harder for the Miami Heat, but the reality is in the Eastern Conference, I don't see a team out there that can beat the Heat, give the Heat trouble, yes. Beat the Heat, no. Out West, it's going to be a wide-open situation. Very wide-open situation. I mean, uh, OKC, San Antonio, we don't know about the Spurs in terms of health. That's going to be the question with the Spurs and their health. Will Will Parker and Ginobili be at top health when they have – will they be at their best? But you got to look at OKC. you got to look at the Spurs. you got to look at the Grizzlies. you got to look possibly at the Denver Nuggets, but after Danilo Gallinari going down, To me, the Nuggets are a dangerous team, but with Gallinari going down, I can't see them as a team that can contend in terms of a championship out west. But OKC, San Antonio, the Clippers, and Memphis are the four teams out west that could go to the NBA Finals. And if the Memphis Grizzlies could get to the NBA Finals and play the Miami Heat, they have a legitimate shot. OKC has a legitimate shot. I mean, OKC was very close in that in that NBA final series. I mean, it was a five-game series, but it was a competitive five-game series. Other than that last game, all the other games were close. Other than that final game, where the Miami Heat just blew OKC out, that series was very close. A lot of those games were very competitive and could have won, went either way. So OKC is a team still, Even with the James Harden trade, you still have to say, OKC is a team that could beat the Miami Heat. The Spurs, if they're healthy, could beat the Heat, but will they be healthy? And and that's the key. Will they be healthy? Will they be healthy? And I said last week if the Lakers would have got the Spurs, and they did get the Spurs in the first round, but obviously I didn't expect Kobe Bryant not to be there. But I said last week if the Lakers played the Spurs with a healthy Kobe Bryant – I would have given the Lakers a shot. I would have given the Lakers a shot in the series. I mean, I, I think the Lakers are going to be competitive in this series, but I don't think the Lakers can win this series. Not without the Black Mamba. It, it, it's just not without the Mamba. What is a playoff, an NBA playoff, without Kobe Bryant? I mean, he's going and, and the star power that he brings. The Lakers still are a compelling story, and always will be a compelling story because they are, after all, the Lakers. But it it would have been a lot better if Kobe Bryant was there, and it would have made for a more competitive first round series against the San Antonio Spurs. But it's still going to be a great NBA playoff. It's going to be a great NBA playoffs. A lot of great, great matchups should be very, very exciting to watch, and it all gets started. Tomorrow, Saturday, 3 o'clock, must-see TV, as far as I'm concerned. And to talk about the weekend in sports TV, to tell us what to watch this weekend, let's bring him in now, our TV insider, Brian Sheriff. Brian, how are you? Brian? Having some technical difficulties getting Brian in here. Uh, Let's see. All right, we'll work those difficulties out. But like I said, the NBA playoffs getting started this weekend. It's going to be very exciting, man. (laughs) It's just going to be so, so exciting. This is truly one of the most wonderful times of the year. Christmas is great. But the NBA Finals, I mean, not the NBA Finals, the NBA Playoffs, and ultimately the NBA Finals, I mean, this is exciting. This is must-see TV, must-see TV. And, you know, we, we're, I'm looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to watching some good NBA basketball, good competitive playoff NBA basketball. It's nothing like it. Nothing like good competitive NBA basketball And, you know, play it at the highest of levels Play it at the highest of levels And the play- playoff basketball Is the highest of levels It's truly the highest of levels Brian
2: Yeah, Paul,
3: how you
1: doing? Doing well, thanks for joining us Had some technical difficulties Got those squared away Brian, let's start with the Masters I mean, the uh, the Masters, uh, you know, we, we had the whole situation with Tiger Woods, and that was uh, the talk of all of Saturday. I mean, it kind of overshadowed Kobe Bryant carrying his Achilles. But the Masters had a great ending. on Hel Cabrera and Adam Scott going back and forth, and ultimately Adam Scott getting the victory. Talk about the Masters.
3: Well, you know, Paul, there is a lot to talk about, but it really goes back to, It signifies how much this game has changed since 1997, the year Tiger won that first Masters. And everything in golf has changed since then, including the Masters, which is the most prestigious tournament, if not event, that's celebrated every year. And anything that Tiger Woods does becomes major, major news. And it was a very interesting weekend because, as you just described, there was the penalty Friday night, and he signed the wrong card. Uh, well, the penalty wasn't – he wasn't aware of the penalty until right. after he signed the card. And, of course, uh, ESPN handed off the broadcast after Friday night to CBS. So CBS Saturday morning really came on the air. This is all they talked about, including a segment they did on CBS Sports Network that did not rerun on the big network. And that that segment included Jim Nance, Nick Faldo, and David Faraday in a three-way roundtable very early in the morning, Saturday morning, discussing or giving their opinions on Tiger Woods and whether he should resign from the tournament or not. And it was basically Faldo saying, yes, he should. Faraday saying, no, he shouldn't. And that's leaning towards Faldo. By the time they got on the air a few hours later, they had to back off a bit because they said at the time they were not aware of Rule 33A, I believe, which says that the committee at their own discretion can waive disqualification in special circumstances. So it wow. was quite a week. It was quite um it was quite a television event and how television covered that event. Now, as you said, Tiger went on to shoot a decent round on Saturday. CBS was did moderate coverage on Saturday towards him. They basically didn't talk about it. But then there was Sunday when he got back in the tournament, or could have gotten back in. He got in late Saturday night. But uh, on the back nine had a real chance, so there was a lot of drama there. And the uh, the eventual winner, Adam Scott, of course,
2: Steve Williams
3: is his caddy. And Steve Williams, everybody knows, was fired by Tiger uh, right. after the, the scandal. And uh, Williams has won with Adam Scott over Tiger. This was the second win. They won a tournament about a year and a half ago, and that was the famous Williams quote, this was the most satisfying tournament of my life.
2: So, uh, but Steve Williams
3: was very, yeah, he was very quiet on Sunday, but you know he had to be feeling special walking uh, up 18 with Adam Scott uh, about to win the Masters. Definitely, definitely. It was quite an event and quite a television weekend for that event.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was was crazy. But you knew that Tiger Woods was not going to be disqualified. I mean, it just – you know that the Masters wanted him, CBS wanted him, all everybody wanted him there. They wanted him there, and, and ultimately they got what they wanted. Two strikes later, but they got what they wanted.
4: Yeah, it would
3: have been hard to fathom uh, Tiger uh, being disqualified after the Masters uh, approved his scorecard.
2: But the, right. the, the, the
3: cry out there was whether Tiger should disqualify himself became the question and the way that was handled and the evolution of that question well made it for a very interesting weekend
1: do you think he should disqualify himself he
3: broke a rule and he signed the incorrect card in the absolute technical sense in golf that's the precedent the new rule 33 which i alluded to though is a new rule and it was discussed over the weekend. It's only a couple of years old. On the right. one hand, it's hard to argue with the Masters Committee. Uh on the other hand, that, you know, this is a rule that obviously a lot of the so called experts didn't understand. And right. uh even Masters said that they waived disqualification They used that rule, which in a sense means they considered disqualification and decided not to do it.
1: Cooler heads prevailed, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. NFL schedule came out yesterday. I mean, I was watching the NFL Network, three hours uh, worth of programming, all based around this NFL schedule. I mean, ESPN had led on ESPN. I saw the other day as well. The 2013 NFL schedule, a lot of compelling matchups. Talk about it.
5: Yeah,
3: Paul, not much difference in the networks that we'll cover, but, the, you know, the big news is everybody waits to see what that first game is, that Thursday night game that's on NBC. And we're coming back with the um, AFC a playoff rematch with uh, the Ravens at the Broncos on that Thursday night, that uh, September 5th, 8.30 Eastern. So, all eyes will be on that game as they always are, and uh, so that'll kick off the season. No other changes. Terrific week one. Uh, ESPN. Of course, you have the CBS and Fox splitting uh, the regular season. There's no changes there, but uh, right. ESPN does that uh, double header on that first Monday night. So, uh, and that will be the Eagles at the Redskins in the early game and the Texans at the Chargers in the late game. So that's that first Monday night game. The NBC comes back on that first Sunday night with the Giants at the Cowboys. So here we go, the NFL uh, season. <laughs> here We're talking about it already, Paul.
1: And, and yeah, I mean, that, that shows you what the NFL, how powerful the NFL, and how popular the NFL truly is. We're talking about their schedule, and NFL is four or five months away. Wow, it's amazing. Ryan, this weekend, the NBA playoffs kick off, a lot of games on Saturday and Sunday. Talk about the weekend in the NBA. Yeah,
3: Paulie. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the NBA, and this is truly, you feel it more now than ever, that the NBA has two seasons. It feels completely different than the regular season, for those who paid attention to the regular season. But for the next two and a half months, we're going to get NBA every night. On yeah. television. The networks will be, as all fans know, TNT, NBA TV, which has a handful of games. Monday through Thursday will be TNT. Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays, ESPN. And TNT will have a few games on Saturday nights and Sunday nights. ABC has the Sunday afternoon window, and they'll do a single game this first weekend, and they'll do double-headers following that. But uh, as you it, mentioned, we we start off Saturday with Boston at New York on ABC, the 3 o'clock Eastern game.
2: So right. that that
3: gets it going, and three other games will follow. But it, it's be absolutely great. Out here in the West, you know, it's all about what can the Lakers do now that they got in. Hey, the Lakers finished up. 8 and 2 only one team played better in the last 10 games. So uh, a lot of folks out here west are not counting them out and expect the Lakers to give these guys all they can handle. I'm talking about the Spurs.
1: I agree. I agree. I think they're going to give the Spurs all they can handle in this particular series. It's going to be an interesting series, but I think ultimately the Lakers will get overwhelmed at the end. The Jets don't have enough and that enough is the Mamba. Kobe Bryant, we're talking to our TV insider, Brian Sheriff. And, Brian, the great we, – we lost a great one in broadcasting. Pat Summerall left us this week. I mean, Pat Summerall. And I grew up as an Eagles fan, and he covered the NFC for CBS and also covered the NFC for Fox as well. And, and it wasn't a big game unless Summerall and Madden were there. Talk about the legacy of Pat Summerall. Yeah,
3: what a team they were, Paul. And uh, Pat Summerall, one word I have, giant. He was a yeah. uh, big game announcer. He did three main sports that I've watched over his career. That would be tennis, golf, and, of course, NFL football. And he was absolutely tremendous at all three. I mean, to hear Pat Summerall call a U.S. Open I asked any fans to go in YouTube and get the 84 final in Flushing Meadows, Lindell versus McEnroe, and listen to the way Summerall and Tony Traver called that final. And, of course, you know, he called CBS Golf with Ken Venturi all those years, and it was clear to everybody that worked in television that CBS did the Superior Golf. I can say that. I worked at NBC. And I, and everybody in the industry knew that. Now, things have changed recently, But in the Summerall era, the, the Kim Venturi, they ruled, they set the standard in golf. And, and Summerall working with these great analysts and working basically was the matador. I mean, some play-by-play announcers will give you, you know, you give the term, you tee up your analyst. Summerall did his crap. He was absolutely a matador. He didn't even tee him up. He's just stayed out of their way, and he did it with few yeah. words, and he was so elegant and had a great voice to go along great, with it. Great,
2: great
3: voice. Yeah, the, the, you know, the ultimate understated, classy play-by-play announcer.
4: He's a giant.
1: It definitely will be missed by many. I mean, the great Pat are all over the years. Like I said, you know, in terms of the NFL, it wasn't a big game. Unless Summerall and Madden were there, I mean it was, and, and he was the type that just let let the play breathe. He, he, he let the play breathe, and he didn't get in the way of the game. And that was always one of the great things about Pat Summerall. Brian, you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with Brian Sheriff on Twitter?
3: Yeah, thanks, Paul. It's at Brian Sheriff, and that's B-R-I-A-N-F-H-E-R-R-I-F-F-E, at Brian Sheriff.
1: Okay, and you also have a YouTube channel. Where can fans connect with you there?
3: Yeah, that's just Brian Sheriff, Paul. Search uh, Brian Sheriff on YouTube.
1: Brian, a pleasure as always, man. And as always, let's do it again. Thanks, Paul. Enjoy the weekend of sports. Brian Sheriff, our TV insider, letting us know what to watch this weekend in a world of sports, a lot of great things to watch in a world of sports. I mean, it's going to be exciting. It's truly going to be an exciting time with the NBA, even with boxing. I mean, big. Uh, if you're a huge fight fan, boxing. You know, you got a big boxing fight with Austin Trout and Canelo Alvarez. So there's a lot of things to watch. A lot of things to watch this weekend, and I'm going to be watching them. I will be watching them. Feet up, cold soda, watching some great NBA basketball. Let's go and talk about the NBA playoffs. It's here, folks. It's starting tomorrow. And like I said, out east, it's the Miami Heat and everybody else, truly. And out west, it's open season. I mean it, it it's truly truly open season in terms of who can get out of the western conference. I guess you have to say okay the Oklahoma City Thunder are the favorites, but that's they're not definitive favorites. They they you're not say you're you're saying OKC but I don't know how convincingly you're saying OKC. Now, the Spurs are a little banged up and we don't know what the Spurs will be we don't know what the Spurs will be with Ginobili, with the uncertainty with Ginobili and, and Parker as well. We don't know. But I know the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a tough out. And the thing about it is the Grizzlies are, fly, are facing the Clippers, again, a rematch of last year's playoff series, a series that won seven games, a series that had a lot of twists and turns. I mean, that was a very good NBA series. And that's, this is going to be another big-time series between these two teams. These two teams, the Grizzlies and the Clippers, are so evenly matched. It's so hard to pick a particular team here, pick decide who will win this particular series. So hard. Clippers have had good regular season success against the Grizzlies, winning three out of four games. But you know, there are a lot of compelling. There were a lot of compelling games, a lot of back and forth action in that series last year. A lot of back-and-forth action, uh, uh, competitive NBA basketball. And it's just so hard to make a prediction here. I don't know where I'm leaning here in, in terms of this series. I mean, usually, when in doubt, go with the home team. But the Grizzlies, they, they were the team who had home court advantage in last year's, in, uh, in last year's uh, series. They were the team that had home court advantage in last year's series. But this is going to be a rough and tough series. This is going to be a grind it out. This is going to be a grind. But if you like good NBA basketball, good competitive NBA basketball, you're going to enjoy this. With the intensity of the playoffs and everything, this is going to be a very, very good series. I'm struggling here, folks, in terms of where I want to go, in terms of who is going to win this series. It's going to be that close. It really is going to be that close. And I can't give a definitive answer right now in terms of who's going to win this series. When in doubt, always go with the home team, always go with the team that has home court advantage. When in doubt. But as we saw last year, that didn't matter. That really didn't matter, as we saw. It didn't matter. Both teams won on the other team's home court in last year's NBA final. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. This is going to be a tough one. Can the Clippers again beat the Grizzlies? Well, the Grizzlies, obviously the Grizzlies are going to want some revenge after last season's playoff uh, loss to the Clippers. Obviously they're going to want revenge. But do they have enough? I mean, they made the trade of Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay is not here. And they actually have been a better team after Rudy Gay. So this has been a better basketball team after Rudy Gay was traded. This was a better basketball team after Rudy Gay. Better basketball team. But, again, you know, you do miss that scoring that Rudy Gay brought to the table. But seemingly this team has, you know, they're better. They're better without Rudy Gay. They're better without Rudy Gay. You remember uh, when they made that run in the playoffs? Rudy Gay went down. Rudy Gay was not there. That was he was not there that year. They upset the Spurs in the first round. The year they took OKC to seven games. The Spurs were. I mean, the, the, the Rudy Gay wasn't there for the Grizzlies. So this team, I guess you could say they're they're, they're better without Rudy Gay. Obviously, the record tells you that they're better. Their playoff run. Couple of years ago, tells you that they may be better without Rudy Gay. Memphis is going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough, tough out. <clears throat> Clippers as well, obviously. Clippers are going to be a tough out as well, and and these are two very compelling teams and a compelling matchup, and it's, it, it's going to be it's very difficult to determine where and who will win. Who do I go with in this particular situation? Who do I pick in this particular series? It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be very tough. And I'll go back to that series. Interesting series with the Knicks and the Celtics, especially uh, after what happened this week, tragic situation in Boston with the the Boston Marathon shootings and and everything that's going on there. And ultimately, hopefully, they'll find – Uh, the people responsible found one, ultimately they shot and killed that one still looking for another so hopefully they'll find that particular person but you know Boston now becomes a sympathetic figure and obviously you don't want to be a sympathetic figure in this way but Boston now becomes a sympathetic figure and so a lot of people are going to be rooting for the Boston Celtics now because of everything that's transpired in Boston it's just like the Knicks, I mean just like uh, the Yankees and back in 2001 when 9-11 happened and everything, and everybody was a fan of New York teams at that point. You know, so it, it may have that type of effect. It may have that type of effect. But we shall see. You're listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio.
5: A.K.A. Corey Live, host of Picture on the Hub And warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio With my man Paulie
0: G and Jeremy Get it!
1: And we're back And we're back Like I said before, the NBA playoffs Get started It's going to be hot It's going to be heavy It's going to be exciting It's going to be very, very compelling And we're going to talk the NBA playoffs with a man who uh, is from the Illinois area, a man who is doing some big things and, uh, with Hit the Floor, which is about to start on VH1 Memorial Day weekend. Let's bring him in now, actor, and one of the stars of, Hit the, of VH1's Hit the Floor, McKinley Freeman. McKinley, how what's are you, going man? going
0: on, man? I'm doing well. Oh, you, I'm sir? doing well. What's, 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 I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you having me on.
1: Thanks for joining us. And McKinley... NBA playoffs, they get started tomorrow, man. I want to start out with the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat. They're obviously the favorite. The way I see it, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Celtics, and possibly the Bulls, if Derrick Rose can come back, could give the Miami Heat a series. Do you see anyone yeah. in the Eastern Conference that could beat the Miami Heat in a seven-game series?
0: To be real honest with you, I don't see anybody in the NBA that could beat Miami in a seven-game series. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, we just got down with March Madness, and, and the difference between that tournament and this tournament is in the NCAA, you just have to be better than the team you're playing one one night. You know what I mean? Whereas in the right. uh, you know in, in the NBA, um, you have to beat somebody in a seven game series. So I mean, you might you might kiss LeBron on a bad night, but sooner or later he's gonna be who he is. You know what I mean? Um, but I think in the, in the Eastern Conference, me, me personally, I think um, you know everybody's kind of playing for second place. I mean, I think. You know, if Derek Rose comes back, cool. But I mean, if I'm the GM, would I would I risk putting my franchise player out there like that? You know what I mean? Um,
2: Definitely. So I,
0: I don't know, man. I think I honestly, think the, the Pacers, um, the Pacers might be the best, the best. Um, I don't know, the best obstacle, obstacle or challenger to Miami Heat.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then
0: uh, and then potentially Boston. I think New York is good. You know, they're they're, they're a good team. They've got some good players. I mean, Carmelo is amazing offensively, et cetera. But when you put them in a situation where the game slows down and, and there's less possessions, you know, you, you you have to make better decisions with the basketball. And I'm just not certain, um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I believe in that. And, and, and um, you know, at Boston, of course, you know, there's lots of stuff going on in Boston and, you know, thoughts and prayers okay. to the people uh, back east dealing with that. And, and automatically, I mean, there's a renewed sense of focus and, and, and pride in the area. And especially for for, for people that, whose job is just to put a ball a round ball into a basket. Um you start to kind of reflect and realize how, how fortunate you are to do what you do and um provide people in that area with a distraction. So I think I actually think Boston I I me mean, personally I think Boston's gonna beat New York. I think Indiana's gonna beat Atlanta. I think um the the Brooklyn Chicago game and I, I think that's kind of a toss up, but I think in the end I think Chicago wins that and ultimately I think Miami, you know, beats Indiana to get to the finals.
1: Let's go back to that Brooklyn-Chicago. I mean, you're an Illinois guy. I know you were a big-time Michael Jordan fan growing up. The Chicago Bulls, I don't know if they can beat – I mean, Joe Kim Noah's a little banged up as well. We don't even know if he's going to play game one. And then you have Derrick Rose, the uncertainty there. You really believe that the Bulls can beat the Brooklyn Nets in a seven-game series with a banged-up Joe Kim Noah and no Derrick Rose?
0: Man, Joe Kim knows got hard, man. I I think if he's, he even has an opportunity to play, he'll play. But a lot of it, again, you know, it's, it's matchups. I and mean, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, if, if Joe Kim's not in there, who's going to stick some of the other you know bids that that Brooklyn has? But I think, um, you know, without their – I mean, Chicago. Now, now granted, Chicago's going to have to play a pretty impressive series of games to beat Brooklyn, but I think that um. I think that in the end, um, they they might execute better, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something about Chicago, that, their work ethic, that I like.
1: Yeah, Chicago. They're tough. They're a tough-minded team. That's the one thing about the Bulls that you they, gotta yeah, love. They, they're they, just a
0: no. Go just ahead. Piggybacking off that, I was you know they stick defense, man. Like they're one of the few teams, you know, you, you if you can play defense, you know, you have a chance in any game. You know what I mean? And the Pacers prove that every night. You know, um, so it's gonna
1: be interesting. And now also I got a little bone to pick with you in terms of that Celtics Knicks series. I mean, I really, I know everything that's going on in Boston. I know this is, I guess you can argue, this is probably the last ride with this, with, you know, the Pierce and the Garnets of the world. This is probably, probably their last ride. I just see the Knicks right now. Melo is flowing very well. So, far, I mean, during this season, he ended the season very well. The Knicks ended the season playing very well, and I look at the Knicks, and the pressure is on Melo to get this team out of the first round. I think that pressure alone is going to push the Knicks over the top.
0: Well, you know, I mean, that's a good point. I think there's there's a lot. I do agree with you on the Boston thing. That I mean, there's only so so long you can carry those salaries. You know what I mean? And at some point, right. uh, Especially, you know, what really hurt them is Rondo going down. I mean. He might not be the, the most exciting point guard in the league, but he's he's one that fits, fits with that team and that organization and helps them win games. But um, I, I agree with that statement. But my my thing is this, though. Carmelo's going to be Carmelo. You know, in a seven-game series, he might have a couple of bad shooting games, but at the end of the day, he's going to get buckets. The, the question is about everybody else. You know, Tyson's going to play defense, but is Raymond Fulton? Is he going to make shots? Is he going to make the decision with the ball? You know, it's it, it, to me, you know, you have your you have your guys on the squad where it's like, man, okay, Carmel let if Carmelo beats us by himself, we take the L, you know, I and mean? and he can do that, you know right. what I mean? But in a seven game series I just don't see that an averaging fifty or sixty points. You know what I mean? And it it's gonna come to some of the players on the side, which is why teams like Miami and, and, and uh Oklahoma City have advantages because they've got, you know, second and third tier, you know, second and third players that should be either you know, are all stars or
1: should be all stars, you know. Definitely, definitely, and that's, that, that, that's what separates Miami from everybody. I mean, LeBron James, yes, you have a superstar, but D-Wade is a superstar as well, and Chris Bosh ain't bad himself. So and then you that's, got, then that, you that, got that's, Ray
0: Allen and Rashard Lewis. you got Cassie, you've got right. a list of people, you know.
1: And that's kind of what separates the Miami Heat from everybody else. Let's go out west now. Let's go out west. So you, you obviously have the Miami Heat ultimately going to the NBA Finals. Can't argue with that. Let's look at the Western Conference, which is going to be very, very wide open. I, I'm looking at uh, about four teams out west as well that could get to the NBA Finals, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and the Clippers when it's all said and done. I think when it's all said and done, OKC okay, will get back to the NBA Finals. How do you see the Western Conference playing out?
0: Well, actually, I, I think the I think the Western Conference is the, the 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 playoff brackets is far more interesting than the East. I think there's a bunch that the games in the East outside of you know actually maybe that Miami series because Milwaukee's had trouble with the path. I call them iPhone series. You just I just check my phone and look at the score. I don't really concern myself with the highlights. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, I like but that. One. Out, out west, out west, um, you know, it, 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 it's all about matchups, and I think Oklahoma City has a good chance. But it's like you know. I think Memphis has a chance to beat Oklahoma City. I think Denver has a chance to beat Oklahoma City, and I think, man, I want to say the Lakers, man, just because, just because you know I'm out here and they be, they're on the TV all the time, but they, I just think um, it's going to take a team that that's athletic enough to keep up and and um, well coached on and off the court um, enough to be to be able to make the decisions in the clutch and just you know value possessions and those kinds of things, but I think. Um, Houston just doesn't have the firepower or the or, or the consistency yet. I mean, they're they're like a player no, away from you know maybe a maybe a, a three or four seed out west, but um, it's going to be interesting, man. I think I think really the, the series that if you if you like, you know, I don't know if you play like you know NBA Two K Thirteen or any of those basketball games, but you know sometimes when I'm on with my boys, we turn the fatigue off, so we don't have to make those no substitutions, right? <laughs> so so. So you know you can run Mike forty eight minutes and just see what he can do, but right. I think the the, the two K series is probably that Denver Golden State series. Now if if Seth Curry stays healthy, man, I I think I think he's one of the there's three players in the league that I would pay to watch play, and he's one of, um, okay. just because Definitely. he can shoot, he can handle the rock, he can pass, he's a smart kid. I mean he's one of the cats that I really you know if I had to pay to play pay to watch somebody play, mm-hmm. he'd be one of. them. Um, and then Denver, you know that when we talk about. You know, having star players. The other thing that you need to have in the playoffs, if you don't have two or three star players like Miami, you'd have depth, and they've got they go you know seven, eight, nine deep. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so they so they can you know they can get through injuries and those kinds of things. So it's going to be interesting, man. I think that's that series and that that Clipper series with Memphis, I think, are the the ones in at least in the first round that I'm you know that I, if I were to watch one, I'd probably try to watch one of those because you remember. Last year, um, uh, Memphis tricked off that twenty-point lead in that, in that first
1: home
2: game, yeah.
0: losing the series.
1: You know, so uh... yeah, I mean, that, I, you, you look the, the Clippers and Grizzlies series. That, that's going to be a big-time series. We're going to see a lot of what we saw a year ago. And in terms of the Nuggets, I mean, I, the thing about the Nuggets and tough break for the Nuggets losing Gallinari there near the end of the season. I mean, he was their second-leading scorer. And he was yeah. a big part of what they did. And to your point, I mean, that's a very, very deep team, a very deep team. They 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 remind you sort of the 2004 Pistons where you don't have a superstar per se, but you had a very deep team and you had a lot of contributors. But now with Gallinari out, I think Denver, this is a good matchup for Denver. I think they get out of the first round. But I think in, in terms of them being a championship contender out west with losing Gallinari, That messes things up in terms of them being a championship caliber team, but the Spurs are a little banged up, and you know OKC. We, you know, what they can do. We've seen what they can do, and I think they're they want to be and get. They want to get back to the finals, and I see them getting back to the finals. But I think it's going to be wide open. I mean, I think the Grizzlies could beat OKC. I think the Clippers could beat OKC. I don't think they will. They can. They can give them a competitive series. I just don't think they will. But, uh, like you said, the Western Conference is going to be far more compelling than the Eastern Conference. And I don't see too many iPhone series out, out West at all, actually, in the first round.
0: So uh, <laughs> no, it's, I, I it's going to be some I good agree. basketball. I agree. We're man, talking the storylines out West are. that? Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, yeah, the storylines out West are pretty compelling, man. I think, you know. You make a, a fantastic point when you're talking about the Clippers. I think they could they could beat anybody out west as well. But the thing that the, the thing that changes everything is injuries, right? And you know, I think I saw the other day that Blake had like a little a little back thing. You know what I mean? That automatically, um, you know that 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 might be a problem. And then of course in the playoffs, everything slows down. So the, all the high flying dunking and all that other, like that doesn't happen. So so gonna be interesting, man. So who do you
1: have out west?
0: Man. I'm undecided, man. I, don't, I honestly don't know, man. Fortunately, there's going to be plenty of good games to watch. But I think, man, just just there's something about Kevin Durant, man. I mean, and it's, it's the easy choice to say Miami, Oklahoma City. I think everybody was saying that after the final yeah, last year. Easy. But I, I think uh, I think it's going to end up being Oklahoma City, man. They just have, and they got Serge Ibaka down there. He should be an All Star. So it's like they play defense. They're well coached. They value, for the most part, they value their possessions. But you know i i think you know you, you throw a team like 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 uh the clippers out there of memphis i mean I, I think they're just as capable of getting to the finals as well so
1: agreed agreed we're talking to actor one of the stars of vh1's hit the floor mckinley freeman and mckinley you're one of the stars of vh1's new hit series hit the floor which premieres memorial day tell us about this show
0: um and it's gonna be um it's gonna be exciting, man. It's it kind of follows uh a professional basketball team in Los Angeles and kind of the uh the behind the scenes under underbelly that happens in terms of, you know, the, the professional dance team and the players and the organizations and, and a lot of things happening around the city. I think it's gonna be um I think people are gonna be pretty pretty intrigued by it all. Uh the dance the dance component is a big component and it's it's similar, um some some of the the, some of the the tone of it is a lot is, is pretty dark. It's kind of like you know black swanish, if you will. So it's not like this.
2: Okay. It's
0: not like you know, and and these. It's not like Bring It On or any of those other shows. And there's nothing wrong with those. If Those are all successful in their own right. But um, and and in that regard, um, this show kind of stands alone on its own.
1: Now, on this particular show, you play basketball star Derek Roman. Tell us a little bit about your character, Derek.
0: Oh man, Derek is uh, Derek is a larger than life dude, man. He um he 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 lives and plays the exact same way. He plays you know plays hard, goes gives it his all, um and 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 parties and 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 lives his life the exact same way. And and I think one of the one of the really cool things that the writers and the creators of the show did was they didn't make um any of the characters you know one dimensional. I think you know a lot of the times the, the trap is to is to is to pursue the cliche if you will. I don't know how, and a better way to say it, but um there's a lot of depth in humanity and humanity in the and the characters that they've created and I really think um my castmates and James LaRosa, the executive producer and creator of the show, um uh, did a fantastic job of making sure that um making sure that that comes across. So I really I'm really excited about it. I'm really I'm really um, looking forward to seeing how people react to it and it's gonna be an interesting ride.
1: Now you guys are still currently shooting this uh particular show?
0: Oh yeah, man! I was I was up to about two thirty in the morning uh, this morning working on uh, working on the show. We're we're we're, uh, actually filming the season finale now, Um, and then as you said, uh, the the episode will air on the twenty seventh of May. But we've got some new. I know we've got a lot of um, promos and ads and things like that supposed to be rolling out in the coming weeks. So definitely keep your eyes open for that. And you know, we'd love to you know hop on hop on with you as closer we get to the air day. So. Give you some more information. Absolutely. See who was right. See who see who was right about some of these uh, playoff predictions. So.
1: <laughs> now you played basketball for real at the University of Illinois, so the, this is kind of real for you. You 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 know this. You know this life on some level. Talk about the I game do. of McKinley Freeman. Talk about your game.
0: Man, I tell you what, man. I tell you, I, I wasn't much of a passer because I, I had the mentality okay. that like. Um, you know, just like anything else, man, you know, I I put myself in a position to be as prepared as possible. So, like, man, when I got on the court, I thought I could score on anybody. And in time, and I and I did a pretty decent job at that, but in time I, you know, became a better teammate and, and, and those kinds of things. But in terms of game, like, it's funny because if, if anybody, people that I work with or people that know me that never seen me uh, or watched me play basketball, they would show up at the court and be like, yo, who is this guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm out there. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 ultra competitive, man. I was playing a two-on-two at a park out here, man, and I was I I, I had to stop myself from yelling at a guy from for not rolling to the basket, and he's like out there and flip flops. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to I need to let me just tone it down, but I'm 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 competitive, man. I like being in a situation where um you know I'm, I'm allowed to you know see what see what I can do, and and uh, be that like in life or acting or 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 in the case of what you do, it's like you know you, you want to put yourself in a – Position to succeed and see what
1: happens. Um, right. So, how, how real were your M- were your chances to make the NBA? Were did you have a legitimate shot at the NBA?
0: Oh man, in my mind, I thought I should have been a lottery pick, but then reality set in. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna have to figure something else out." Um, I, I, uh, you know, when I graduated from college, I had you know the opportunity uh, to pursue playing basketball overseas, and I chose not to. And I actually, ended, ended up um, working for a bit in Chicago, and then. Got my MBA from uh, the University of Illinois, and then uh, you know, so I, I chose a different path, man. I think one of the things that that's important is that you're always this 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 process of reevaluation. You know, where am I? Where I want to go? Is this realistic, so, or, or is it not? And I, at some point, the MBA right. wasn't really an opportunity for me, and so I'm like, all right, cool, let's roll with something else. You know what I mean?
1: Any regrets?
0: Man, uh, 'cause Because if I, if I, if uh, regret would imply that I would anything, I would change. And if I change anything, I wouldn't be where I'm at this very moment. You know, I, I do think, right. I think regret also comes mm-hmm. from, um, you know, when you take a step back and look at where you've come from, wishing perhaps you were more prepared or you were more invested. And and that's where, that's where the choice of recognizing the opportunity is important. Because when you do that, it's like, yo, today's the day. Like for example, if I've got if I've got to shoot some scenes tonight, like man, that means. I need to be prepared for it. If I gotta, any right. with, with anything in life, you know, you got to be prepared. And if it goes well, cool. If it doesn't, man, all right, cool. But you can't say it wasn't because you weren't prepared, because that's really the only thing you can control, you know, when opportunities arise. That's true. So, but nah, man, no regrets, bro. I mean, there's definitely, I've definitely made more than my handful of mistakes, but um, from those, I probably learned more than more from those than I did from when I didn't. You know what I mean?
1: You could have been a big time baller overseas, man. You know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could have been a king. I could have been a king of a four-person island or something. I don't know.
1: You never uh, <laughs> We're talking to one of the stars from VH1's hit series, Hit the Floor, McKinley Freeman. Now, McKinley, I was reading, man, you're you're a fitness fanatic. Uh, I, I heard you call you call yourself the mad scientist of fitness. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, man. You know, in the, like with like. You know, when you're prepared, when you when you're when you're in the mindset that you always want to be prepared, man, you you start to run out of things to help you prepare. So, I, I, I at some point you get bored. Like you can only run on the treadmill or do sprints or do you know the stair machines so many times. So I'm like, I'm always you know keeping my ears open or even going online or watching people at the gym and, and training on different things. So I've I've dabbled in, uh, I still do dabble in martial arts and boxing and you know I do all kinds of stuff, man. But I'm like. Anything to keep, because you, if you if you fall into a situation where you don't, where everything's just kind of by rote, where it's just like you fall into a kind of a a plan pattern kind of thing, it gets kind of boring. So it's important to switch it up, man. Keep fresh, keep thinking, and yeah, it's been good, man.
1: That's that's definitely a good thing, man. You are the mad scientist, and you're out there getting your body right, and you are in big time shape. What else does McKinley Freeman have going on? What else do you have in the works? Man, I'm I'm um
0: going out been out uh and had a couple of a couple of meetings for some movies that potentially may happen this summer, so like anything else, we'll wait and see what happens. And I've written a couple of things, uh, one of which I'm probably gonna shoot this summer. It's a short that I wrote and try to get that through the festival route and then um the rest of it's just living, man. I haven't been home in a while, so I'm gonna go home and hang out with my nephews and my parents and my sisters and do my grandfather's lawn and repair cabinets and all these other things. And then, you know, get back out here and, and get back to work, man. So, but uh, yeah, just living, man. Just enjoying the day. Thankful for waking up in the morning and, you know, kind of just wait and see what happens. Take a minute by minute.
1: Well, I got a lawn here that needs t- some tightening up. So if you got some time, yeah. <laughs> uh, you might, yeah, see, man. you can swing through. <laughs> I would
0: tell you this, man, if you, don't wait for me to get there to mow your lawn because you'll lose things out there. So I would say you might want to hop out there this weekend and get that
1: done. Uh, oh, sounds good. Sounds good. I can't argue with that. <laughs> now, McKinley, you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter?
0: Uh, it's McKinley Freeman. on uh, It's just uh, Twitter.com slash McKinley Freeman, M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y-F-R-E-E-M-A-N. And uh, I'm also on Instagram. It's the same thing, M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y-F-R-E-E-M-A-N.
1: Now, the show premieres Memorial Day weekend. Do you guys have a steady time at this point?
0: Yeah, it's going to be uh, the 9 o'clock time slot. So, it's going to be a, a okay. right after, I, I believe, um, the I believe Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I believe that's the show. Um, but, yeah, okay. it's the 9 o'clock time slot. So, definitely check the local listings. But, you'll be seeing um, plenty of marketing and advertising and you know, these kinds of things in the coming weeks as the days get closer. But, Definitely curious, man. I think I think it's a fantastic show. The cast is talented. Uh, you know, Dean Cain plays my my uh, my coach. Kimberly Reese is part of the part of the cast. Got a, a lot of young, fresh faces on the cast as well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. I think people are really gonna enjoy it.
1: Now, did you do any basketball scenes there?
0: Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we did shoot some basketball, man. And that's the cool thing, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you as a as a kid, you 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 know, you ride your bike riding around trying to find a place to shoot. And here I am, like before cats and crew called, you know, an hour before I'm supposed to be there, to shoot baskets in a, you know, an arena all by myself. And how many how many times in life you get to do that if you're not like Kobe or LeBron. So, it was, right. it was cool, man. So we got to shoot some basketball. We did some basketball stuff and we had some, some legit D1 um uh, you know, D1 players out there with us. So it was it wasn't it's not the basketball isn't this, you know, staged kind of ballet looking kind of thing. It's real, you know, what I
2: mean.
0: <laughs> so um that's it's 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 it's, it's going to be dope, man. I think I think a lot of people, would, could, they're going to tune in for different reasons. I mean, the dancing is fantastic. I I, I believe that, like, I truly believe that the, the, the girls on the show, or the ladies on the show, um, are probably the best collection of dancers I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, they've toured with everyone from Usher and Beyonce to winning runners-up and dancing with the stars and these kinds of things. So it's like they're they're fantastic. And I never really was a big fan of dancing outside of my, my cool two-step, but, um, Watching these ladies do their thing, is, is uh it, it really gave me a, a further appreciation and respect for what they do. So um, it's going you got to be got a
1: cool, nice man. Life. You got a nice life, <laughs> man. You're on set with beautiful women dancing around, gyrating, and so on and so forth, man. It makes us all want to be McKinley Freeman at this point. So
0: listen, man, let me tell you something. We shot the pilot last year. I remember sitting there. I, told, I was with at Dean. I was like, I kind of feel like I should get my check back because I would do this for free. So, but, uh, but it, it, it yeah, man, it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be real cool.
1: So at this point, fans can go to VH1.com and, and check this show out. Check out uh, the preview of this show. I mean, it's going to sound like it's going to be a great show. I'm definitely going to watch, man. I mean, I, I love the storylines here that you, you guys are going to have there. So I'm definitely going to check it out, man. And I look forward to Memorial Day so I can check it out. The show is no, in the It airs on VH1 Memorial Day, 9 o'clock, May 27th, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. Check your local listings. Make sure you check this man out, McKinley Freeman, and make sure you check out the show, Hit the Floor. McKinley, a pleasure having you on, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again.
0: Sounds good, my friend. Thanks a lot, bro. Talk to you soon. All
1: right, take care. Peace. McKinley Freeman, one of the stars of VH1's Hit the Floor, which airs. Memorial Day, right on Memorial Day. So after your barbecue, you can go on in, check out VH1, watch a little Hit the Floor, McKinley Freeman, and and the rest of the cast. I mean, it should be very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to that great, great show. Definitely should be a whole lot of fun, whole lot of fun. And there's another big-time show debuted uh, this week. We actually sat down with Donald Faison on Tuesday, uh, a few hours before the premiere of his show, Who Gets the Last Laugh? on TBS, and uh, we talked to him about the show. We also talked to him about the Knicks and the upcoming playoffs, and we're going to play that right now, Donald Faison. Let's bring him in now, one of the stars of who gets the last laugh, the one, the only, Donald Faison. Donald, how are you, man?
5: I'm great. How are you?
1: Doing well. Thanks for joining us.
5: Thank you for having me. It's great to be on your show.
1: Let's start. Before we get to to your big-time show, let's start with your Knicks. They won the Atlantic Division, second seed in the East. They just had a 13-game win streak. How you feeling about your Knicks going into the playoffs?
5: I think it's great. What's unfortunate is that we got Boston the first round. And as you know, Boston always gives us fits. And they, yeah. uh, we only beat them once this year. So, hopefully, I'm hoping that we can get past Boston. The only problem is, we don't have an easy road. The team that has the easiest road right now is Miami because they play the last place team, and then they play yeah. the worst team out of whoever wins the you know their first round, you know. Uh, so that that they have an easier road, but we like if if we go to the if we go to the Eastern Conference Championship, we got to go through uh, Boston, probably Indiana, and then Miami, and so it'll be a tough road for us, and hopefully. We can pull it off, but, you know, Miami is probably the toughest team uh, in the NBA right now. I think the odds are that they'll win the whole thing.
1: LeBron James is balling out of his mind. But so is out Dwayne mind Wade. Mind. So is
5: Chris Bosh. So is Ray Allen. Like, that whole team is doing well.
1: Well, one guy who is doing well is your boy Mello. I mean, Melo's putting up big-time numbers, and we all know LeBron James is going to win the MVP, but I think Melo's going to get a couple of votes after the season he's had.
5: Oh, absolutely. He deserves it, too. You know what I mean? And let's not forget about J.R. Smith either. He's lighting it up for us, too, right now. Definitely you know? playing big-time. Uh, it'd be great if we could get – I know Rashid played a little bit the other night, but it'd be great if we could get Rashid, Kenyon Martin, and uh, and Tyson Chandler back. At the same time, playing at the same time. That would be wonderful. That would be great definitely. for the playoffs,
1: actually. Definitely. If you have that type of size, you can give Miami a series. I don't think you'll beat Miami, but you can no, give them a series. Think. Yeah, I don't think we'll beat Miami either, but we'll definitely do better than we did last year. How about that? that? That is better. That's definitely much better. I think you guys will get to the Eastern Conference finals, so that is much better. I hope better. so. That's much better than a lot of things the Knicks have had over the years. You haven't won a playoff game since two thousand and one. Haven't won a series yeah. since two thousand. Yeah. That's a long time. But when we but two thousand, didn't we go to the finals that year? Two well ninety nine you went to the finals. 2000, I think you, right? nine. Two thousand that's the year you lost to Indiana, I believe, in the yeah. conference finals. Right. So yeah, it's well, been a long time well, it's for been the a poor, long
5: time, yeah. Well, your, think your about your it. Thing. I wasn't even born the last time the Knicks won a championship, so this is right. you know anything that anything positive that happens with them right now is a is a step up.
1: I wasn't even born when the Knicks won their last championship myself, so and I was yeah. born in '76. So I was born know, in '74. Okay, there, there you go. So, so it's definitely been yeah. a long, long time. So yeah. all in all, you don't see the Knicks beating the Miami Heat in a seven-game series. I would
5: love for it to happen. I would love for that to happen. They just got something that no other team has, and that's LeBron James. Definitely. You know what I mean? Carmelo Anthony is great. Carmelo Anthony by far is the best scorer in the NBA. You know what I mean? Kevin Durant is a great scorer, whatever. But Carmelo Anthony by far, anywhere on the floor he can score. He can put his back to you. He can shoot the three. He'll shoot a long J. He'll dunk on you, all those things. Are, you know what I mean? The problem is LeBron does so much more. So LeBron might not be able to score at will like – well, he can't score at will, but he might not be able to score everywhere on the court like Carmelo can. But LeBron also plays defense. He's, he's a candidate for defensive player of the year this year. LeBron also passes the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he's a threat for a triple-double every night. So, you
2: know he, – He's the best he of all world. So
5: Yeah, he's a – yeah.
1: He, yeah, he's just, just does the
5: best player
1: all. in the NBA. Yeah, you know, period. He, yeah. And, and you look at a, another guy who many consider one of the best in the NBA, Kobe Bryant. We all know what yeah. happened to him last week with his Achilles. You're not a Lakers yeah. fan, but, I mean, if you're a fan of the NBA, you got to feel bad for what happened with Kobe. Tell us your thoughts yeah. on what happened. Uh,
5: I'm a huge fan of Kobe Bryant. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I'm a huge fan okay. of Kobe Bryant. I've followed him since high school, you know what I mean. And to see him go down like that was heartbreaking, uh, because he was really him and Paul Gasol, but mostly him. They were ca- he was carrying the Lakers up until the point where his injury happened. You know what I mean? Uh, Definitely. It was vintage Mamba. It was the type of stuff <laughs> that we all been waiting to see from the beginning of this of the year. He finally got the Lakers playing good basketball. You know what I mean? And and of course it was because if they lost a game, if they lose a game, they're probably out of the playoffs. So he right. had them working. They were going hard and, they, and it and was you know, and it's fun to see that. It all all of a sudden became like March Madness where every game counts and if you lose you're out. And so the team would be a leader. Go down like that was very uh was very disturbing.
1: Right, it definitely. Did you ever think that the Knicks would actually have a better record? Than the Los Angeles Lakers this year, I don't think anybody thought that. No, not with the lineup that the Lakers had. The fact that the
5: Lakers are, are, there's a possibility that the Lakers might not make the 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 playoffs is bizarre because everybody had them going to the Eastern, I mean, to the Western Conference Finals, or going to, uh, you know, or or at least going, or going to the finals. If not, if you know, if not the Western Conference Finals, at least the finals. But it never happened.
1: Definitely, definitely. We're talking to one of the stars of who gets the last laugh, Donald Faison. And, Donald, all in all, let's get your prediction. Who will win the NBA Finals? Miami Heat. (laughs) Miami Heat. That's
5: the easiest question on the planet. (laughs) Uh, I don't think there's
1: anybody that can beat them right now. I I don't think so either. Not not four games. There's no team out there that can beat Uh them four games. No way. No way. Maybe your maybe your Knicks have the best chance out East, though. I will say that the Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat, and the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season. But I that just don't doesn't see mean it. anything in the playoffs. Time
5: in the playoffs, come, it doesn't <laughs> mean anything. I uh, was trying to throw you. Know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist <laughs> too, man. <laughs> I remember I had a buddy that would be like that was like Patrick Ewing's the best player in the NBA. I'm like, Patrick Ewing's the best player in the NBA. What are you talking about? He's like, Patrick Ewan's the best player in the NBA. Nobody can shoot like him. He rebounds. He does all these things, all these things. I was like, but look at Michael what about Michael Jordan? He was like, nah, man, Michael Jordan's not a nick. Patrick Ewing's the best player in the NBA. That's delusional. I come from I come from reality. I live in reality.
1: I'm a real well, I tried. I tried. I tried. Yeah. I tried. It out. Well, well, speaking of reality, you're doing big things with TBS's "Who Gets the Last Laugh." Now, some of the same guys who created Punk are behind this show as well. Tell us about this good show. Uh,
5: okay, so "Who Gets the Last Laugh" is uh, three stand-up comics or sketch comics. They uh, what they do is they battle it out hidden camera style, and that means they go and they make their they make a hidden they make a hidden camera prank. They prank somebody and. Um, and bring it back to the show, Who Gets the Last Laugh? And they show it to a live studio audience. And at the end of the show, the audience votes for their favorite hidden camera prank. I host the show, and I'm the one that, you know, guides you through from prank to prank. Uh, okay. But if, when you, if you win, Who Gets the Last Laugh? You win $10,000 donated to the charity of your choice. So it's great. Now, how do you like being the host? I love it. It's great. Anytime you get to be in front of people and and uh, and get to crack jokes and you know get to try new things out, or uh, it, it's it's always fun.
1: And that's, this is a little different for you in some respect, correct? In a lot of ways, this is different for me. I've never
5: done anything like this before in my life,
1: and I'm very right. excited
5: to. I was very excited to do it, and I'm very excited to see how it comes off.
1: Right, right. And and do you feel like you've gotten better over time? At hosting, yes.
5: Uh, I mean, I'm not sure yet. I it, it, it hasn't been tested, you know. Okay, the shows we've done all of the shows, but I don't know how people will receive it or anything like that. But I hope so. I hope I hope people feel like you know.
1: But, but it, it, how do you feel uh, about what you did? Do you feel like you know what I, I progressed and and I, I like what I'm doing? Yeah, I, do. I definitely like what I'm doing. I definitely feel like I got more
5: comfortable as it went on. Uh, right, right. we we'll, that way. We'll see. Uh, all Absolutely. I can all I can say is we had a lot of fun making the show, uh, and and like you said, it it, it does come from uh, the creators of Punk, Ashton Kutcher and Jason Goldberg. You know, it's it it, and it's there to make you laugh. It's not there for anything else but for the sole purpose to
1: make you laugh. Right, right, and and just seeing some of the clips. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun, man. You got a lot of funny guys and girls working with you here: yeah. Bill Bellamy, D.L. Hughley, Tom Green, Nicole Sullivan, to name a few. How was it yeah. being around those guys? It's great.
5: I know a lot of them from you know, from either being on Scrubs or you know playing basketball or you know vacationing and stuff like that. Uh, it, uh, so I knew everybody that I was working with. Pretty much. Okay. And if I didn't know them, it, you know, I got to know them while we made the show, so it was a lot of fun.
1: Right, right. And and I was reading somewhere where you said some of these comedians get angry when they lose. Tell us about it.
5: Yeah, that's the best. That was the best part. Is that <laughs> I thought you know when you have a if you're a stand up comic and somebody gives you an opportunity to be on television, usually what you want to do is talk about your next show or. You know, you're there to promote whatever it is that you have going on at the time. These guys were not only there to do that, they were there to win. So if they lost, it was really weird to see, you know, it was really weird to see somebody's stand ups pissed off because they didn't win the episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. I couldn't I, believe I it. Imagine. I
5: was like, wow, you really, you really bested, huh? Like, yeah, I wanted to win. <laughs>
1: And I was reading, man, and I was seeing that you guys got a lot of various pranks going on. I know you guys do something with poop or, or something of that nature. Yeah. Talk about some of the pranks that we will see. Well, Bill Bellamy sprays a bunch
5: of cars with uh doo from a porta potty.
2: <laughs>
5: um, uh, Charlie Murphy takes a limo driver on a ride that he'll never forget. Uh, <laughs> Um, You know Tom Green His prank is very Tom Green You know It's exactly what you would expect From Tom Green
1: Right Yeah I can't
5: give away a lot Because I want people to watch this show And be surprised but
1: yeah. Definitely 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 you get, People definitely have to watch TBS Who gets the last laugh The host here Donald on And Donald man You gotta be on eggshells right now Are you wondering whether or not People are gonna be pranking you Left and right
5: yeah, I'm always looking over my shoulder when it comes to that. Uh, I, pranked, I I pumped Zach Braff uh, several years ago where we had a bunch of kids spray paint his brand-new Porsche, and since then I've always been – I've been looking over my shoulder. I know it's coming. You know, I know somebody's going to try and get me. Will they succeed is the question, and how far will they go to get me? That's the question.
1: And being that you are uh, cognizant that this may happen – They're going to have to be on their A game to get you, and you got a lot of guys who could actually get you. I got quite a few people that could try that could get me
5: that could do what you know. And the great thing, and the crazy thing is that Jason Goldberg he knows how to do it well. You know what I mean? He's been doing it for years now, so he'll be you know if he comes up with the plan on how to get me, there's a strong possibility that it will come to fruition.
1: Right. Don't be scared.
5: I'm a little scared.
1: <laughs> you also got a lot of other things going on. You're doing big things with the X's. How's that going? Mm-hmm.
5: It's great. Uh, the X's, it'll premiere again this June. I mean, not premiere, but it'll come on television again this June, uh, June 16th, on uh, TV Land with Kristen Johnson, Wayne Knight, with the same cast as last year, David Allen uh Kelly Stables myself and we we've already shot three episodes for the season, for the season and it's been a lot of fun um so far and I'm ex- I'm excited about that too
1: how do you find time to do anything
5: well I mean it doesn't all happen at the same time but you know I I like being busy I like you know I like I like working it's, it's right. fun to me um, I wake up in the morning and I enjoy going to work. So uh, the busier I am, the happier I am. You want to see Do you want to see a depressed actor? Uh, hang out with an actor when they haven't
1: worked in a while. <laughs> hang out with anybody that hasn't worked in a while. Yeah, well, there are some people that don't mind not working. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Some
5: people are like, I don't got to work. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. I mean, maybe they're living off that uh, unemployment check. Or
2: somebody
1: else's check. Whatever it may be. No scrubs, right? (laughs) Right. No scrubs. That's right. Now you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? Donald
5: underscore Faison. At Donald underscore Fazon.
1: Fans, make sure you check this man out on Twitter and make sure you check him out on TBS. Who gets the last laugh? Each and every Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern Eastern Time on TBS looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and the guy who Hope is so. hosting it is a fun guy, is a fun guy, and a funny guy. So support Donald fazon Donald, pleasure having thank you, man. Love thank to you for having again. me on the
5: show. Next time, take
1: care. All right, brother man. Donald fazon st- stars and one of the hosts. Um, TVS is who gets the last laugh, and it's a funny show. It's a lot like Punked, if you remember Punked, used to air on MTV. The guys who uh, are behind this particular show were behind Punked as well. So it's going to be, you're going to see a lot of that type of humor on that particular show. It Should be a lot of fun. It aired on Tuesday. A lot of funny skits, and I look forward to continuing to watch that particular show. We got another guy now who's doing some big things now. Has a lot of things planned for the upcoming NFL Draft. Let's bring him in now, former NFL player and president of United Athletes Foundation, Reggie Howard. Reggie, how are you, man?
4: I'm great, guys. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. Good to have you back on.
4: Hey, I'm excited, man. I'm glad to be back with you guys.
1: Now, Reggie, before we get to all the great stuff you have going on with the NFL Draft, the NFL schedule came out yesterday. As a former player, when the schedule comes out, what do you do? Uh, how do you how do you view that type of thing?
4: As a former player, or when I played?
1: As a former, well, when you played.
4: Oh, you know, uh, when you played, you know, you get a chance to kind of see, you know, the teams that you're going to be playing for the upcoming season. So, you know, there's definitely some excitement about that, playing against get some great competition, and then you know, kind of matching yourself up against the players that are going to be on the team. Uh, you know, before the before the actual draft starts. So there's some excitement in there. You know you're going to play your conference, you know, pretty much, but the out-of-conference schedule is always exciting to see what other teams you're going to get a chance to play.
1: Is that one of those days you, you really look forward to it and has you kind of jonesing for the NFL season to start? You know, I
4: would say it's something that's really anticipated. As a player, you know, once you get into the offseason a little bit, I think guys are really kind of, you know, uh, just kind of relaxing, you know, getting some time with the family and things of that standpoint. But once you start to get back around the facilities around, uh, I would say, uh, you know, end of April, May, and then you start to really start to pay attention to the schedule and gearing up and getting ready for the season. So uh, there's definitely excitement about the schedule, but as far as the actual release date, I'm not sure if a lot of players are just kind of sitting around, you know, waiting to see, you know, who we got on the schedule right. uh, at that time. Yeah.
1: So it's probably something more so the fans are more excited about than actual players in a lot of ways.
4: Yeah, because you got to understand, you know, at that time, you know, guys are still trying to get as much of that vacation time in as possible before you guys, right. you know, start back with the workouts and everything and getting back in the grind and preparing for training camp and summer camps, mini camps, and things of that standpoint. So once you start getting back around the facility, you know, that's when a lot of this stuff starts to kick back in, I, I would say.
1: Now, the NFL draft is next week, and obviously you went through this process. Talk about your mindset when you went through this process leading up to the draft. What, was it nerve-wracking? How was it for you?
4: Um, yeah, it's nerve-wracking because you have absolutely no control. You know, it's – uh. A situation where everyone is kind of, uh, uh, you know, assuming where you're going to at, where you're going to end up, and uh, you know, you just hope that you can just get on the team and and get on the roster. You just can't wait for your name to get called, just so you can go ahead and know that's where you're going to go and play. Uh, but it's definitely a, you know, it's definitely nerve nerve wracking opportunity until your name is actually called because you never know. You know, you could be a guy that's rejected you know, hide in the first round and, you know, drop all the way down to third round or something, or uh, you could be a guy that's a, you know, projected third round and, and a team, you know, you get high in the draft and people start talking about you and you, and you shoot up. So it, it's really a situation uh, where until your name is called, you know, there, there, there's some anxiety there as far as, you know, who am I going to play for, where am I going to be, you know, where am I going to start. But I think for most guys, they're just excited to, you know, to, to get on a team and, and start their pro career.
1: We're talking to former NFL player Reggie Howard and also president of United Athletes Foundation. And your foundation has a lot of great, great events coming up uh, associated with the NFL draft. I mean, you got a big charity weekend as you partner with Ray Lewis. Tell us about some of the great things the United Athletes Foundation has going on with the NFL draft.
4: Yeah, man, we uh we our organization has really had a commitment to really um you know, bringing more awareness around the, the area of financial literacy. And so uh while we we're there in New York, uh we've we've made it a, a focus of our organization uh to basically work with uh, you know, players and within our organization and 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 others just to let them know uh about you know, financial literacy and the information that's out there and resources that are out there to, to, to protect them, um, you know, especially with a lot of this stuff going around with uh, frauds and the financial advisors and things of that standpoint, you know, our, our, our job as an organization is just to bring awareness, you know, to these resources that are out there like FINRA, which is the regulator of all financial business, you know, they have a 1-800, you know, hotline uh, and and things on the on the internet where guys can go back and do broker checks on these on, on these individuals and then we come back, you know, later on in, uh the next day and we actually do a youth financial literacy program for the community uh out there at Jackie Robinson Park as well. So uh we got an event private uh for, for our athlete membership base uh at Morgan Stanley on Friday, Morgan Stanley headquarters, Worldwide Headquarters in New York on Friday, and then we come back that Saturday and have a free camp uh, or free uh, financial literacy program at the Jackie Robinson Community Center out in Harlem. And then we're also going to be making a a big announcement about some things that we're doing in the community redevelopment space as well. Uh, because you know we, we've just been growing as an organization, and we're just trying to find more ways uh, that we can truly impact communities in a holistic approach. Uh, we're providing you know affordable housing, uh, providing financial literacy programs. Uh, life skills development programs, job skill creation, and small business development. So just looking at ways that we really can actually be true uh, community pioneers and and make real impact.
1: Definitely. And uh, along with uh, some of the great things you have going on with your foundation during the draft weekend, you have a big charity raffle that's going to be happening tomorrow. One lucky winner will be able to go to the NFL draft uh, along with another person. Talk about that.
4: Yeah, one of the things we wanted to do this year is that, like I said, the the event we have, uh, we have a private VIP reception where we give award away to uh, basically MVP athletes of the community. And so we thought it would be great to give, uh, you know, a lucky uh, fan an opportunity uh, to win that raffle and actually bring a guest with them on all expense paid trip to New York City uh, to come and hang out with UAF. And so, uh, you know, it's been getting a lot of excitement about that and, you know there's a lot of people out there who would love to meet uh you know with Ray and you know fresh off his you know second super bowl ring and everything and uh mm-hmm. meet some of the other members of our organization and just come out and hang out with us you know and just see you know what our organization is all about and give them that experience and uh uh you know uh, we got the deadline coming up so uh you know I just came from the barber shop and one of my one of my uh, my, bu- my bu- is a huge Ray Lewis fan so he 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 I guess he thinks that, you know, by buttering me up I'm gonna help him win the rap or something. I say, Hey man, you know, I have no control over that
2: <laughs> So
4: uh so it it's it generated a lot of excitement. So, you know, it's something fun that we thought that could be a great uh way to give somebody a great experience and at the same time help us uh, you know, raise money for our organization so we can continue to do the great work in the community uh that we've been
1: doing not only will they be able to meet Ray Lewis, but there's a lot of other people you're going to have at your VIP reception and banquet on April 26th. Talk about so many other uh, invitees.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, right now we are still waiting to confirm, but, uh, you know, we definitely want to get uh, AP by out, you know, Adrian Peterson, uh, you know, a good friend of the organization, uh, some of the other guys that play with Ray, Ray Rice and Ed Reed, uh, Mr. Jim Brown that serves on our board. Um, Dr. J uh, that serves on our board So, um, you know, we got A a pretty good uh, Rolodex of good players that associate Our organization that we're looking to come out and support Us and, you know, get that Fan opportunity to come out and just kind of hang out With us and see that, you know, we're just regular Joes You know, they, they like to have a good Time and at the same time doing some great things For the community
1: We're talking to former NFL player and president Of United Athletes Foundation Reggie Howard, now Reggie, I mean, you talked about financial literacy. Percentage-wise, how many of, of the players, percentage-wise, that are going to be drafted, how many of them do you believe are truly financially literate? Man, um, honestly, um, man, I, 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 I
2: mean,
4: maybe
2: maybe
4: maybe twenty percent. Um, honestly, as far as just understanding. And, you know, when I came out of college, you know, It's like you learn your playbook. It's like you learn your lessons for school. Uh, It's just consistently putting that information in front of somebody and then just having somewhere where they can go and find out where that information is so you can protect yourself because there's no protection like having that education yourself and understanding, you know, how money is managed.
1: There's a lot of sharks in the water, as you talked about, so – yeah, I mean, you, you guys, are what you guys are doing is definitely a great, great thing. A lot of people out here who's about to make a lot of money and really don't know how to manage it. And I think what you guys are doing is truly, truly a, a great service. Now, Reggie, where can fans find information about some of the great things you guys got have going on with this whole draft weekend?
4: Yeah, they can go to uh, www.unitedathletesfoundation.com. And then you can go on there. You can actually see uh, on the left hand side we have a blog up where you can click on and uh, get more information about the raffle um, and everything that we got going that weekend and, and you know some other information on there about different things we've done in the community. So you know, go definitely go check that out. Uh, you may have an opportunity to win, and we would love for you to come out and just hang out, you know, with us and and our, and our group of uh, members up in uh, New York for this raffle weekend.
1: So. At this point, I know you guys are doing a raffle tomorrow. People still can buy some tickets for this raffle.
4: Yeah, it's actually the raffle ends on the 23rd, so um, 23rd, you know, okay. At, yeah, 23rd, I think 8, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So people still got time, and they, you know, they can go out and, uh, you know, check out the website, and, and it's, it's simple. I think there's two dollars a ticket or something like that. So uh, we just made it where a lot of people can have the opportunity to participate. And then, you know, one one lucky fan, I actually have the opportunity uh, to win and, and break up a guests and uh, like I said, have a great time with us.
1: One more time now, Reggie, where can fans find out about this great raffle, some of the great things you guys have
4: going on? Yes, uh, go to that's S,
1: Reggie, a pleasure having you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. You're doing a great service. For a lot of people and that's truly truly a great thing commend you for that wish you nothing but the best of luck and love to do it again
4: i appreciate it man and it's just all of us coming together and using the same the same things that we learned on the field the team concept in the world of philanthropy so you know it's all about we and not me with us so it's, you know we, we love what we're doing and we just got a lot of unselfish guys that are humble that are just looking to be service of the community
1: keep doing what you're doing reggie
4: All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me.
1: Take care. All right. Reggie Howard, former NFL player, president, United Athletes Foundation. United Athletes Foundation doing some great things in terms of financial literacy for players. You know, I mean, uh, the reality is, as he said, it's a lottery. It's like a lottery ticket. You know, you're making uh, so much money, much more money than you'll ever be able to make in your lifetime, you know, than a lot of people will be able to make. In their lifetime, and you know, so the reality is, you need to know how to manage those things. Those things need to be. You need to know how to manage it because if you don't, you're gonna lose it. Bottom line, you don't know how to manage it, you're going to lose it. That's just truly the bottom line. And we've seen story after story after story after story. I mean, the stories are numerous, and we've seen so many different stories about guys who've lost everything, started from the bottom, got to the top, and went right back to the bottom. We've seen it. So that, that's it's all too common, too common, too common for, for, for all too common uh, that we're seeing that. And hopefully, you know, guys will be able to now, uh, you know, do something and, and and understand the importance of managing their money. It's a very important thing, truly, truly, a very important thing. Reggie Howard doing big things with that. NBA playoffs about to get started, so so exciting, most wonderful time of the year. But we're gonna before we get back to that Tiger Woods, the whole situation with Tiger Woods. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you look at that whole thing, and you know, some people believe he should have got disqualified. Some people believe that he should have. Uh, disqualified himself, basically. You know, some people were okay with the two-stroke penalty. I mean, I look at the rule and everything, and it's like, okay, you know, he dropped the ball down. My thing is, why didn't someone tell him at that point that, you know, what you did was wrong, that was a bad drop? Initially, the the PGA or the Masters, they said it was a good drop. And then come back later and review the tape, and they realized it was a bad drop. And he signed the scorecard, and once he signs the scorecard, you know, all bets are off. And all bets were truly off at that particular situation, in that particular situation with Tiger Woods. I mean, did anybody think Tiger Woods truly was going to get disqualified? I didn't think so. I mean, I didn't think so. I didn't see any way that was going to happen. I really didn't. You know what I mean? It's always good in golf when Tiger's in contention. That's always a good thing. When Tiger's in contention, that's a good thing for golf. It's a great thing for golf, actually, when Tiger's in contention. So you knew he wasn't going to get disqualified. You knew. I tweeted out before it happened that maybe he can get a two-stroke penalty and ultimately he got a two-stroke penalty. And, you know, that would have been, you know, the best possible solution there. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. A great finish to the Masters, Adam Scott ultimately winning it all. Uh, Him and Angel Cabrera going back and forth, and Adam Scott prevailing at the end. But it was good for the Masters, a great finish, and would have been a better finish if Tiger Woods was in contention. But he wasn't. It is what it is. He knew the rule. And he, you know, he opened his mouth. Basically, he snitched on himself. If he would have just kept his mouth closed, you know, once he opened his mouth, you know, they had to review it. Once he opened his mouth and talked and and said what he said, it had to be reviewed. If he would have just shut up, Tiger Woods maybe would have won another green jacket. Who knows? But it is what it is. And Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant out for these playoffs, out possibly, what, six to nine months that could go into January of next season. I mean, it was stunning. I mean, Friday night, you know, I, I was asleep. I wake up Saturday morning and, you know, look at Twitter, and I see, you know, the situation with Kobe Bryant. And and when, when I read that, I actually read someone's Facebook post, and they talked about, you know, how great Kobe was, so on and so forth. And I wondered to myself, did Kobe get hurt? Did I miss something last night? And – you know, I woke up and I looked at it and I saw Kobe Bryant tears his Achilles, ruptured his Achilles, and I'm like, wow. Like, you look at Kobe Bryant as superhuman in a lot of ways. I mean, he was a guy, you know, playing 48 minutes, playing all those big-time minutes, big-time minutes uh, over these past seven games, over this, over you know, over the, near the end of this season. He was playing a lot of minutes, and you were wondering, this guy's 34 years old, 17 years in the league, and he's not breaking down. But ultimately, Kobe got pushed to the limit. He got pushed and pushed and pushed, and ultimately the wheels fell off. He rode it and rode it and rode it, and ultimately the wheels fell off, fell off. I mean, the Lakers really didn't have a choice. They really did not have a choice. But they had to ride Kobe Bryant. They 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 had to ride Kobe Bryant. The only way they could get to the playoffs was riding Kobe Bryant. That's it. That was the only way they can get to the playoffs is riding Kobe Bryant. Ultimately, you know, they won one for the Gipper, won two for the Gipper, beat San Antonio, beat Houston, and ultimately got into the playoffs. But now, you know, as I was saying last week, I thought the Lakers had a realistic chance to beat the San Antonio Spurs with Kobe Bryant in the lineup. Now I think they have a realistic chance of giving the Spurs a very competitive series. That's it. And I'm glad everything shook out the way it shook out because – ultimately the Lakers were able to get to the playoffs and they were able to face the San Antonio Spurs and James Harden and the Rockets were able to face the OKC, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I'm, I was happy that that worked out that way because I was looking forward to that particular matchup, James Harden and the Houston Rockets going up against Kevin Durant and, and OK, Russell Westbrook and OKC. You know, James Harden, that whole little story and Harden leaving while getting traded from the Rockets and ultimately going to OKC. I mean, uh, getting traded from OKC and ultimately going to the Rockets. I mean, I was excited. I'm glad that storyline is in play because otherwise it would have been what? The Lakers and OKC. And the Lakers had no shot against Oklahoma City Thunder. They have a shot against the Spurs to give them a competitive series, but that's about it. Now, without Kobe Bryant, I I can't see the Lakers doing anything – more than taking the Spurs probably to six games at the most. Six games at the most. Well, more it could be seven games, but six games is where I see the Lakers bowing out to the Spurs. But the Lakers are going to compete. They're truly going to compete in this particular series, and I think they're going to give the Spurs a tough, tough battle. Will it be enough to beat the Spurs? That's going to be the question, and I don't think it will be enough. But we shall say you're listening to go for an applause already up.
5: Hey, what up? That. It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picture on the
2: Hub, and warm-up host for American Idol. Okay. If you go hey, what up? It's- and we're back having some
1: technical difficulties there's got that squared away we're going to bring in a guy now who's preparing for the upcoming NFL draft NFL draft is next week next week can you believe it all the, the the blood sweat and tears that these guys have went through over these past few weeks it's finally all going to pay off in the end and hopefully a lot of these guys get drafted and get paid let's bring him in let's bring him in now a guy preparing for the upcoming NFL draft Former LSU kicker, Drew Alamon. Drew, how are you, man?
6: Doing good. Just uh, over here in Baton Rouge watching a little news, catching up on, you know, the crazy stuff going on in Boston.
1: Yeah, wow, a lot of crazy stuff going on in Boston and prayers for everybody dealing with that situation in Boston. Now, Drew, the draft is less than a week away. You put all the work in. How are you feeling at this point?
6: I'm feeling good. You know, I feel like right now I'm kicking better than, than I've ever kicked. Um, I, after the season was over, it was kind of roughed rough ending to our end season. But, you know, I just, you know, got back on it, started working out, then started, you know, getting some training done in Phoenix and got uh, hooked up with Paul Sheehy and John Baker and them in Denver, the great guys, and uh, we got a lot of training in, and, I just been kicking and working hard and just focusing on uh, making field goals and kicking off. So it's been going great, though.
1: Now at this point, like we said, the draft is a week away. You had your pro day a few weeks back. How did that go for you?
6: It went well. I had the uh, Saints were out there and the Indianapolis Colts were out there, so I had a great workout. Um, obviously, they, they have two good kickers right now, but um, like they said, they never know what can happen, so. But um, I, I had a good workout doing field goals and kickoffs, so uh, they liked it. So we'll just see, you know, sit back. and This couple weeks coming up is just a, a time to kind of, you know, not relax, but just sit around. You can't really find out any information right now, so it's just a waiting game.
1: Now, what do you feel like you need to work on to be successful in the next level?
6: I think the, the biggest thing in the next level is is, is consistency with everything yet. Yeah, you want a guy that has a big leg, but I think the most important thing is 50 yards, a 50 yarder and in is being a hundred percent. you got to be consistent. They want a guy that's going to go out there and, you know, they can count on that's going to make those field goals. Um, if you have a guy that's going to sit there and he can take 65s, but gets inside, you know, 45 to 40 yarder and he's missing those. I mean, they don't want that. They want that, you know, a hundred percent inside 50. So they, you know, they know they have those three points going into a game.
1: Now you were one of the most ac or you were the most accurate kicker in LSU football history. What does that mark mean to you?
6: I, I think it's an honor. I went in there, um, you know, just wanting to set some some uh, you know some stats at LSU, and I think you know I did that with, um, like you said, being one of the most accurate kickers in LSU history. Um, truly, like I said, I, I just like. Like I was saying, it's just more of being an accurate kicker. And I mean, I have a good leg, but you know, there's other kickers out there that have stronger legs than me. But um, I believe I can get in there and compete just with accuracy itself.
1: We're talking to former LSU kicker Drew Alamon as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, and we talked about your accuracy and what you bring to the table. All in all, what does what do you believe that Drew Alamon brings to an NFL roster?
6: I believe I'm, I can be that guy that they can count on, you know. Um, like I was saying, 50 yards, and then I believe I, I'm that guy that's going to go in there. Um, I had a, had a little rough season this past season, but like I said, I got back to work, went to Phoenix, got some training done. And right now I'm just hitting the ball better than I ever did ever in my life. Um, I'm so confident in my swing right now and everything. It's just um, I'm like the way I hit the ball, and it's so true. and flying so straight. And, um, I'm just happy, so I think I can bring bring the team, you know, three points, 50 and in, and then, you know, try to shoot 70, 80 percent, 50 and out. So uh, that's my goal.
1: Now, what was the reason? You talked about the rough season. What do you think was the reason for your rough season?
6: Um, I think it was just, you know, a plant foot issue I was having. I, I was jumping okay. at it too hard, uh, coming in too fast, and I was planting, I wouldn't say beat and too hard I I And mean, I, I wasn't control. My swing wasn't controlled, and, um, and so I got some work when, in Phoenix um, With a trainer And then a trainer in Dallas And we just worked on me you know, you know, kicking naturally Just swinging Swinging the leg Not trying to overkick right. That was my big, biggest deal I was trying to overkick everything But um, I got myself to where I'm just swinging naturally Easy swing uh, And the ball's going Just as far or even further
1: now, what's the longest you've ever kicked it? What's the longest field goal you've ever made in warm-ups?
6: In warm-ups, I've hit, hit like 58, 59 yarders. Now, okay. I mean, at practice, messing around when you have a little wind, I've hit a 65, but that's, you know, with wind. But just, you know, in warm-ups, I've hit 59, 60 yarders, uh, just messing around. In a game, my career long was a 49 yarder.
2: Okay, okay.
1: So you feel like at this at this stage – as you prepare for the draft and as the draft is around the corner, you can consistently kick it fifty yards. It's yeah. Oh yeah, okay.
6: so like going okay. in I'll be anywhere from nine a hundred percent inside fifty yards. Now I mean I do have the way to kick 50, 56, 57 okay. yarder, but my goal is still oh. in, to be ninety five, ninety seven, 97, hundred percent uh inside that that
1: area. Now, Drew, you had a birthday the other day. Happy birthday, man. How'd you I celebrate? I I
6: appreciate it. Yeah, we had time. We actually um, we were just hanging out uh, around town, played a little golf. Um, I'm actually playing into, in a big charity event on Monday. Uh, so we just kind of got a little golf in. And then we went to eat uh, for my birthday at a nice restaurant down here. And, and us, a couple guys, we got a little, like, party limo bus type thing, drove us around. And, but we had a good time.
1: How old are you now?
6: I'm 23. 23.
1: Wow. To be 23 again. So exciting. <laughs> Jealous. Uh-huh. Drew, on this show, we like to play a game called Getting to Know You Let so the fans can get to know you a little better. I got a few questions to ask you. you ready to play?
2: Yes, sir. Let's do it.
1: What's your favorite food?
6: Favorite food is bumbo.
1: Uh-huh. Gumbo, okay, okay. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Gumbo is my favorite. What was your favorite NFL team growing up? Hello? Hello, are you there? Yes. Yeah. What was your favorite NFL so, team growing up?
6: Growing up, when I was younger, there was something about the Colts. I, I love the Colts. But, um, obviously, when I got to, like, 10 or 11, I became a Saints fan just because they're down the road. But it's something about the Colts. I just like the Colts. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is kind of weird. What yeah. chore do you hate to do?
6: Um, I hate, let's see, taking the trash out. I think my mom and dad <laughs> used to make me do that a lot. And it was just the worst chore because I didn't want to do it. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, trash can suck sometimes. Yeah. If you had to change your first name, what would you change it to?
6: If I had to change my first name, that's a good question. Um, I hadn't ever really thought about that. Probably, uh, um, I don't know. I can't really answer that. I didn't, let's just say <laughs> Phil because I like Phil off of The Hangover.
1: Okay, <laughs> Phil is fine. So Phil yeah. Alamon. But yeah, is, Alamo. Sounds good, sounds good. And the final question, final question, who was your favorite player growing up?
6: Adam Vinatieri was my favorite player. Okay,
1: okay. Growing up. That's, a, that's a good... Kicker. He was a great kicker, made a lot of clutch kicks over the years. He was. I mean, he was a big part of that Patriot dynasty. Big he part- was. Made some big kicks. Oh yeah. Now, you're a kicker, and a lot of times kickers don't get drafted. What have, you termed, what have you heard in terms of where you may go? Is it a situation where you're going to have to do the free agency thing?
6: Most likely. Um, okay. I've talked to my agent and everything. It's more, and I, like I've had my mind prepared one or two kickers drafted every year. And um, right. obviously Caleb Sturges is a great kicker, Dustin Hopkins. I think there will be the two drafted kickers. Now, I mean, if I am drafted, you know, great. I'll, I'll be ready, but right now my mind's focused on the free agency and just, you know, getting the opportunity, being blessed to go into a camp, compete, and try to win a job.
1: Right, definitely. So, in a lot of ways, you know, you're going to be waiting after the draft to, to figure out where you may go. Exactly.
6: Are you going to watch the draft? I'll probably catch a little bit of it. They're having the Zurich uh, Classic down here in New Orleans, so we'll probably go watch some of that. Uh, I have a good buddy playing in it, John Peterson. He just made the cut at the Masters and all that. So, uh, you know, he's happy. So we're going to go support him out in New Orleans. But I'll be around my phone uh, come last day of draft day, and we might watch a little bit of it. But I don't know if I'm going to sit down and watch the whole thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I I wouldn't blame you Drew, you are on Twitter Where can fans connect with you on Twitter? In my hat, You need my
6: uh, handle, Twitter handle?
1: Y- yeah
6: Okay, it's at D Alamo30 So that's my Twitter handle
1: Okay Fan, make sure you connect with this man on Twitter This man is going to be in somebody's camp He's going to be fighting for a job do you feel the pressure of that? I mean, do you kind of relish that? Do you kind of are you kind of looking forward to that?
6: Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I I I always felt like I had a little something uh, you know, for competition. I love it and I was always told by my coach here, coach McGee, he's like, you know, you need to keep pressure in your back pocket as your friend. Uh so so I like pressure. I you know, I feel like I perform better under pressure. So um, I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully, you know, being blessed, getting an invite to a camp or, or tryout or something, going in and, and being able to compete and try to win a job. Um, that's what I'm. That, I feel like that's what I was made to do. So um, we're gonna see here in the next couple of weeks where where I could possibly end up, and I'm gonna give it my all and uh, just pray for the best.
1: And that's all you can do, Drew. It was a pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing that's but fun. the best of luck. Let's do this again.
6: Definitely. Appreciate it, Paul. Take care. Yep. Take care.
1: Thank you. Drew Aliman, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, which is next week. Next week. I mean, wow. And and we can talk, you know, all we want about where this guy may go and that guy may go. But we all know until it actually happens, there's not a consensus Number one pick I mean last year you can you, The reality was The consensus number one pick Was, was Andrew Luck You had a, an idea That Andrew Luck Would be the number one pick In the NFL draft You know You knew it was going to be Andrew Luck You knew RG3 you, you didn't really think RG3 was going to be The number one pick You knew it was going to be Andrew Luck And ultimately Andrew Luck Had a great season Ultimately RG3 Had a great season All those rookie quarterbacks Had a great season And so the NFL draft is right around the corner, and this is a draft that, you know, last year was all about the quarterbacks. This year is about all about the offensive linemen, Jokel and Smith, you know, and Chance Wormack. So, you know, it's deep with offensive linemen, very deep with offensive linemen, not too deep with quarterbacks. Not too deep with quarterbacks. So it should make for a very, very interesting NFL draft. But we'll see how everything transpires and, Switching gears now, Mark Sanchez, you know, you had Jeff Garcia, the guy who was a former NFL quarterback who was working with Sanchez, coming out and saying Tim Tebow was a distraction. And then you had Tim Tebow's coach coming out defending Tebow, Steve Clarkson. So a lot of coaches coming out, you know, quarterback coaches coming out, quarterback gurus, I guess if you want to call them, defending their guys. And with this whole situation, whole mess, I mean, it was an absolute, complete and utter mess with the Tebow and the Sanchez situation, how the Jets used Tebow was a mess as well. I mean, it really was a mess. It was. It really was a mess. It was just, you know, crazy, and it's just ridiculous how the Jets used Tim Tebow last year. The reality is, as I said before and i said numerous times, if you're going to bring Tim Tebow in, you got to bring him in either as your starter or that's it. You can't bring a, either he's going to be a starter or, or or nothing else. You can't bring him in because the mania follows him. Not his fault, but it is what it is. The mania follows him. The, t- the circus follows him. And, you know, the reality is that's what happens when you bring Tim Tebow in. That's it. That's it. And, you know, Sanchez came out today, and he believes, you know what? He said in an interview today that he believes that the organization, the Jets organization, contributed to the hype, as he said, and these are his quotes. I don't think part of that, too, is ESPN didn't necessarily sneak in overnight at our training camp. They had to get permission to go. And ESPN was right there at their training camp every day hyping it up. It was a circus at Jets camp. And, you know, that's what you get with Tim Tebow. Again, not his fault, but that's what you get with Tim Tebow when you bring him to town. The circus follows him. The mania follows him. Uh, Everybody follows him it is what it is it is what it is so you know you look at what transpired with tim tebow and mark sanchez last year was a mess and i guess you know they're bringing him back so meeting tebow and sanchez as well so it's probably going to continue to be a mess and hopefully you know they can you know I, i think the jets will be best served i mean i think they're wasting a roster spot on Tim Tebow, if they're going to utilize him the way they used him a year ago. They're not going to utilize him. It's no use having him on the roster. It's just no use. What we saw last year was just a waste of time. It was just a waste of time. And Sanchez went on to say, you can avoid that stuff on your own if you like, in my opinion, but he's a popular guy, and people gravitate towards the guy. He's a special person and a heck of a competitor. So people want to know what's going on. But that's all I got on that. And, you know, that 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 speaks to the mania, meaning popular guy. That speaks towards the mania. Tre- Tebow mania. Hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. Tebow mania. The mania. Tim Tebow. Again, if he's not going to be your starter, why bother? Don't waste time. Good, that's all the Jets did last year. They wasted time, and it was an unneeded distraction. It was an unneeded distraction that the Jets dealt with. It's just an unneeded distraction. And that's kind of the bottom line. So, yes, Jeff Garcia is right. Tebow is a distraction. And if he's not going to be a starter, why have him on your roster? Real quickly now, five minutes to go in the show, I want to give you my predictions for the NBA in terms of some of these series that will start tomorrow. And I'm going to start with the Boston Knicks series. You know, the Knicks and the Celtics should be a very, very interesting series. Should be a very competitive series. The Celtics now, with everything that's going on in Boston, have become America's team in a lot of ways, just like the Knicks. I mean, just like the the Yankees and the Mets became America's team during 9-11. They will be America's team right now, but that will not be enough, I don't think, Let's bring in the drums. (laughs) Knicks winning in six. This is the final ride for that Boston big three in a lot of ways. The Knicks win, no Rondo, and they've been been without Rondo for a long time, obviously, and played well without him, but it will not be enough. I think the Knicks and and Carmelo Anthony are on a mission right now. So I like the Knicks to win this series in six. Competitive six games, but I like the Knicks. Bulls, Nets, interesting series here. The Nets now, a team that will have the home court advantage in this particular series. Joe Kim Noah, there's some uncertainty with him. Derek Rose, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty with him. And I just think right now the Bulls, especially without Noah and the uncertainty with Noah and obviously the uncertainty with – um Derek Rosen, this is a competitive team, a tough team, a team that's going to give you all they got. I mean, they play tough defense. The, you know, they're well-coached with Tom Thibodeau. They're a big-time team in terms of effort. But I don't think it would be enough. I just don't think they'll have enough talent against the Nets. The Nets who play a lot better down the stretch there. Darren Williams is playing a lot better down the stretch. I like the Nets in this series. I like the Nets to win this series in a hard-fought battle. I like the Nets to win this series in seven. Pacers, Hawks, you know, on paper you have to say the Pacers. But the Pacers struggled near the end of the season. And, you know, the, the season series was 2-2. And obviously Danny Granger hasn't been with the Pacers the whole year. Not coming back, obviously. And I look at the Pacers now. I don't like the way they went into this these playoffs, but I don't think Atlanta is all that good. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't think Atlanta is all that good. And because I don't think Atlanta's all that good and granted, give the Hawks a lot of credit trading away Joe Johnson and still making the playoffs. I didn't think they would make the playoffs if trading Joe Johnson. But bottom line, Pacers are a better basketball team because I believe they are a better basketball team. I believe mean, the Pacers will win this series in six games. I'd like the Pacers to win this series in six and move on to the second round. Heat, Bucks. Brandon Jennings predicted that the Bucks will win in six games. You know, uh, he's probably the only person in this world who believes that. But you know, in order to believe it, in order to achieve, it, excuse me, you have to believe it, and he believes it, so maybe he can achieve it. Doubt it, but maybe he can. I would. They would be very, in my mind, they'll be fortunate to win one game. They'll be fortunate to win one game in this particular series. I don't see it happening. I think the Heat sweep this series. I think this is this won't be a competitive series. This is, a, as my man McKinley Freeman said, this is an iPhone series, and I'm going to steal that. This is an iPhone series. So as far as I'm concerned, don't watch this series. Just watch it. Check your iPhone periodically because the Heat will win this thing in for, I like the Miami Heat, And for easy four games for the Miami Heat. Their only problem, issue is just don't get hurt. Just don't get anybody hurt moving forward. So, Heat in four, Pacers in six, Nets in seven, Knicks in six. Out west, OKC in Houston. I love this series because of the James Harden story, but the the Rockets just don't have enough to beat OKC, to firepower to Oklahoma City uh brings to the table. I like OKC in five. Spurs, Lakers, I think this is going to be a competitive series. The Spurs with the uncertainty of Ginobili and, and you know him banged up and Parker you know banged up as well. I like the Lakers to give the Spurs a competitive series, but without Kobe Bryant, I don't think the Lakers will win this series. If they had Kobe Bryant, I actually would pick the Lakers to win this series. I like the Spurs to win this series in a tough six games. Golden State in Denver, this is going to be up and down, fast-paced, a beautiful series to watch. It's going to be a great series to watch. Uh, time, we're pressed for time, so I'm going to quickly give you Denver to win this series in six. And the Clippers and Grizzlies, it's going to be a competitive series, a very interesting series, a series that I'm looking forward to. It was competitive last year, but the Clippers winning in seven. I like the Clippers to win it also in seven again this year in a fun, big-time interesting, competitive series. That's what I like. That's what I see. Should be good times. The NBA playoffs kicks off tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern time. Celtics, Knicks, be there. Should be a lot of fun. I want to thank Donald Faison for stopping by. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Donald underscore fan Finley. I don't know, Donald underscore, underscore Can't even talk. I also want to thank McKinley Finley. McKinley Freeman. Excuse me, I can't talk. I want to thank McKinley Freeman for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at McKinley Freeman. Also want to thank Reggie Howard, President of the United Athletes Foundation. Follow him on Twitter at Reggie Howard. And also I want to thank Drew Alamon for stopping by. Follow him on Twitter at D A L L E M A N thirty. Follow him on Twitter as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft. And also the Sheriff, Brian Sheriff. Follow him on Twitter. At Brian Sheriff. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForGan. Hit us up on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash GoForGant. For everybody here at GoForGant, see you later. Take care.
2: Bye!